0: Welcome to More to Come, P.W. Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing recorded at various places of domicile around the New York metropolitan area, Um, though usually recorded in the before times at the P.W. offices. Uh, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of P.W. Comics World, and Editor of the Fanatic P.W.'s Comics and Pop Culture Newsletter. Uh, Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics
1: i'm heidi mcdonald i'm the editor-in-chief of the beat at comicsbeat.com the news blog of comics culture and you can find
2: us at twitter at at pw World. and i'm kate fitzsimmons i'm the podcast producer and you can find us online on tumblr at PWComicsWorld.tumblr.com.
0: and don't forget you can sus- subscribe to more to come on itunes and on facebook we're at facebook.com slash pw
2: Hey, so um, listeners, you'll be very interested to know that we are recording this with the video on, and none of us are named Tubin. Ha, 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 ha. Anyway,
1: listen, uh, if yes. you liked Kate's joke, please leave a message <laughs> yes. us. So, but if you didn't like it, please leave us a rating. Leave one anyway. Even more, because we need to clamp down on this kind of thing. But anyway, <laughs> yes. yeah. Uh, you know, if you like the podcast, give us a, a rating. Uh, subscribe, uh, send us a comment, uh, let us know how we're doing. Thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, give us some feedback. We
2: love to get it. Give us a
0: piece of your mind. How's that? That's a, there's an old phrase that, you know, uh, we'll bring back into use. Give us a little piece of your mind.
2: Yeah. I mean, listeners, when we record, it often feels like we're, we're shouting into a a void. We have, we know, we know you're out there, but we don't know what you think. So.
1: Yeah. Well, I know what you think, because it used to be when I went to conventions, you would come up to me and you'd tell uh, me how much you love the podcast. But we don't do that anymore. The so before
0: just, time. Yeah, the before yeah. times.
1: So just, you know, leave us a little comment. We really would love to, to hear from you. So anyway, this week on More to Come.
0: Hit us up, why don't you? Anyway, D.C.'s future state. Well, we're going to talk about that. DC exit UCS we're going to talk about that too IDW's new executives look ahead um we'll have a little digital roundup uh, and this this headline speaks for itself graphic novel sales up 42% more to come on that all right so uh wow DC uh, uh, future state uh uh this seems suspiciously like 5G am i wrong well, it, it
1: is it is 5G <laughs> it's like you know it's 2.5G yeah, uh, it's yeah. like so. They took the remnants of 5G, which we were talking about long ago, yes, back in the early days yeah. of the year, which was this rumored initiative that was Dan DiDio was heading up, that right. would have seen all the heroes replaced by younger heroes, and um, also
2: would have missed, messed around with DC history.
1: Yes, that's right. There was a big, you know. Right. There was a big uh, hyper-time sort of element to it. And, uh, you know, Taddeo, in his typical fashion, was teasing it. You know, listen, he really cared. Nobody ever said he didn't. Like, he had a big thing in his office that showed the continuity, and it was all about, you know, what did Elastic Lad do in that issue and how could it be brought (laughs) forward? So no such hints, warnings, or anything. In fact, DC, which used to be as leaky as the, the sieve I just strained my noodles in, Is just locked down tighter than a drum these days, so. Interesting. um, But anyway, they took, they took the 5G stuff, like the John Ridley Batman story and some of the other things, and, uh, there, so it'll be a two month event, the whole rest of the line will be put on hold, which is scary as, as AF, a scary AF, because they're, they're putting this out in, in anthology format, kind of like the Walmart mm-hmm. Giants. I mean, you know, we predicted this for years. I've been saying that mm-hmm. they should do this for years. Now that they're doing it, I'm scared crapless.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, it well, it's interesting. Me. Now, are they all the Walmart-sized things? I thought there were some that were oversized, and some of these were, I guess, miniseries? Yeah. That, that well, they're all be...
1: miniseries. They're all they're, miniseries. Yeah, but they're all like... Uh, you know, I didn't write this story. They didn't send me the PR for it, yeah. which is really weird also. Like, normally... I don't know.
0: It's very, very so strange. That, I, I didn't think that they were all – the because are they going to have reprint? reprint I guess they
1: will have regular well. stuff. I'm just reading the story on, on Newsarama. DC will publish much of it in what they hope is a bold new format, uh, one that fans from Japan, the first eight oversized anthologies containing all new stories, unlike huh? the mostly secret format of the similarly sized DC Giants. The oversized anthologies are The Future State, The Next Batman, And like that'll be twice monthly. Future State Dark Detective twice monthly, four issues. Future State Superman Worlds at War. Future State Superman Metropolis. Future State The Immortal Wonder Woman only two issues for Wonder Woman. Future State Justice League. Future
0: State Green Lantern and Future State. Why don't we slow down a little bit? Yeah, let's slow down. I I, haven't got a chance to talk at all. I mean, what's interesting? I mean, look for for old head comic fan here. What's interesting to me are certain uh, uh, creative teams. Now, I'm sure all of them are – because it looks like there's a lot of new names uh, and up-and-comers that we've seen in the past. Um, but uh, I do think it's interesting that they're pushing this Walmart format that was for reprints. That, I think, might be very interesting and useful. I mean, There's so much complaining in the comics industry about not getting enough content for the money that you pay.
2: Yeah, think and, this
0: is one possible answer.
2: Yeah, and furthermore, it's not like it's an anthology just of like random comics vaguely related to each other. I believe the concept is like, hey, do people get confused by events that have these like massive combos of comics and you have to chase them all down? What if more of them were packaged together? Mm. Um, I, I can't say it's a bad idea if if it makes events more coherent, but still. Allows yeah. people to have their event fun. Um, I have to say as someone who is a, a, among other things, superhero comic fan who is like not necessarily a fan of things that, you know, redefine continuity forever. Yeah. Uh, I actually yeah. like this better than what I would heard about 5G. I think it's a tighter, stronger concept. Like, it's just, it's not going to do the future and the past and the this and the that. It's just strictly focusing on, like, alternate future of DC
0: Universe.
2: Like, I, I'm on board with that. That sounds cool. Sign me up.
0: Well, it's curious because I was waiting to hear what Kate thought of this. Yeah, I uh, know. She sure. was the
2: one I wanted to
0: hear as well. Uh, and, yeah, and, I'm I'm curious, and I'm curious, and I'm curious, I have a question for you, Kate. I'm curious. Is this really, and for Heidi as well, is this, DC, I mean, I think this is this seems like sensible, uh, and it doesn't seem as foreboding as 5G seemed to see. Yeah. It's like this is the future whether you like it or not. Um, uh, this seems to be a chance to actually sort of crowdsource uh, what's popular and what's not popular and what might work and what not. Might. I mean, I see some of the creative teams look very interesting to me in a way that when the, the new 52, if this doesn't date me, me irreparably – Uh, started I saw a chance as an old head then oh maybe I can jump back in here somewhere so that that's all I'm curious what do you guys think of this as uh, a as options for the future as well as rather than the future
2: well I mean one thing is this is not something DC has never done before there have been a number of issues where like they're set in a possible future but it hasn't been like a huge event, line wine event like this. So it wasn't like a coherent vision of the future.
0: Yeah, this is a DC universe. This is a DCU thing. I mean, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, well now, what, what I meant is yeah. that
2: like DC had previously like, yeah. you know, like it had played with like, well, which of, you know, Batman's hmm. students is going to end up as heir. Like in one future it's this one, in one future it's that one. Is like, is like one of these characters going to go evil? like you know so they could play with those ideas without fully committing to them but still telling interesting stories and so i think this is going to be that writ large and it, it could be really cool it, it seems like like um you know like marvel has done its share of things where it's like days of futures past and things like that yes. well like, what
1: dc has done I mean, they have a whole line called elseworlds
2: yes but but i think this is this is one coherent mega elseworld
1: well uh, you guys, I'm glad that you are very positive about all this, cause here's what I'm hearing. Alright. Mm, yeah, well, that's yeah.
0: what we want to hear too. That, yeah, but, but, I mean,
1: but, I mean, but I mean, it's nice that when you guys looked over this, you felt positive about it and optimistic about it, and, you know, because like, let's, let's start with one thing, okay? So this was a big, giant thing that Dan DeDio was going to do that was so radical and unexpected that they fired him, okay? Right. So. Yeah. So first off, whatever 5G was, you know, was strangled in the crib. Yeah. Uh, but then there was this stuff that was going on. So, you know, Marie Javens is obviously the person running this with Ben Abernathy. He was in a lot of the PR because he's the Batman group editor now. Um, so, you know, so I, I mean, the idea that it's a co- co- cohesive kind of thing, you know, that was Dan's bag. I don't really see... Marie and Ben is the kind of people who meticulously plan, you know, what Grifter is doing.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it may not be meticulously planned, although, frankly, given that most of this is probably salvaged from 5G, it may still have that in its background. But what I mean is that, like, it's one concept people can easily comprehend, yeah. which yeah. is,
0: like, a possible yeah, yeah. future of the DC universe. Yeah,
1: Boom. and it has have- and, 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 and I think know,
0: the possible me, that she mentioned is is key.
1: Yeah, let yeah. me jump in here though and just say, like, um, so I mean, the creative team is super fresh. You know, I mean, obviously uh-huh. John Ridley is writing a couple stories. Um, Mariko, Mariko Tamaki, who's awesome, yeah, so you we know, love her. Matthew Batman, Rosenberg is back Batman. at DC. She's yeah, doing Batman. This the
2: is great. The, the
1: second woman ever to write Batman. This is great.
2: Ever to write Batman and get paid for it. Yeah, yes. many women have written Batman.
0: Yes, but um, and then what, what? uh Becky Cloonan is doing a Wonder Woman. Uh, the novelist, the uh, the black uh, female novelist uh, McKinney, mm-hmm. she's doing this new character Nubia. Yeah, Gene I mean, you know, I mean, I, Yang is back writing. Jean Yang, a Superman, she's doing a Batman, Batman Superman. Superman yeah. yeah, this is you know, and of course, as we mentioned, as you mentioned uh, originally. Uh, Batman, John Ridley and Nick Darrington. I mean, this is a yeah. really good combination. Yeah, no,
1: it says yeah. look, it does look great. You know, it's just, it's just like, um, um uh, like what I've, I mean, I've talked to a few people and I said, but you, you know, I'm just saying, Look, with Dan DeDio, he had a whole plan. This was, you know, five generation, fifth generation. Then it was going to reboot everybody. You know, it was the new yes. 52, where it was the new yes. 5G, right? He had a whole plan yeah. for how this is going to come back. Okay. Yeah. And based on what I'm hearing, it's not really that clear a plan.
2: Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I think, okay, okay, I may be, I may be prejudiced because I was kind of scared of Dan's plan.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: yeah. yeah. It, It seemed like it was very confusing in some ways, where, like, suddenly the past of the DCU wasn't the past, but yet it wasn't really changing the present, but yet everything was now in the future, and, like, something, something, Wonder Woman is now a 100 years older than she is, and it just seemed, like, very murky and confusing, and nobody ever asked for this, Mm. so, like, I was just... I was like, yeah, oh, it's going to change everything forever. Is that really what I want? This doesn't sound like a really, like, I don't know, where is this even coming from? It just felt like one of those things, like, say, solo, where, like, I'm sure it could have some good aspects, but, like, why is it even here? Mm -hmm. Whereas I think this is less ambitious. This is way less ambitious. This is not a line-wide reimagining. This is an event which may spawn characters and books in the future but for now it's just a fun event and you know what I am I am on board with that like give me a fun event with some good writers writing about the future.
0: Well beyond other- can I just jump in for a second I think I, I actually have to back up Kate on this I actually just think it's fun. I think when I, when we talked about 5g I just felt like it was imposed mm-hmm. that it was like a done deal that you know it was the deal's way and that was the, and that or the highway. And I mean and, 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 and let me be clear. I, I actually I mean I don't trash the deal. I I think he for him to do what he did is a, absolutely remarkable to be at the helm of this on this hot seat for so long and to deliver and not deliver. <laughs> uh, but I thought that the thing was like an imposition uh was it was a done deal, uh that the future had been decided. And I think this is a just a smart, flexible Event oriented and fun. Well, way you guys, I would have look, someone looking outside right.
1: in. And I agree. I would say if I didn't hadn't been hearing the things that I'm hearing, I would also be excited about this. But I'm just—it's not like like I'm just saying like everything yeah. else at DC is in such tumult right now. I mean, if in case you're forgetting, they they laid off about a third of the workforce, and they'll be doing yeah, next forgotten. month. Yes, you haven't forgotten. You know, they laid off all the people who did all their sales and their marketing. All the convention people. Sure. They laid off half the editors. They shut down Black Label. They shut down all this stuff. And so not, what I'm I'm just saying, what I'm hearing from the people that I talk to is not like, oh, and then future slate estate is, is gonna lead into this awesome period, you know. I'm hearing yeah.
0: well, that's understandable. nobody
1: knows what's coming afterwards. Mm-hmm. There is no plan for it's not like the launch of something. It's
0: well, like Well it is the launch of something.
1: That last two months. It's the last, that last two months. Well,
0: it seems to me for, for, for the situation that you described, that's probably a good idea then. Yeah. That that you, you put it out there, see what the fans say, and then you go from there.
1: Well, mark my words. Mark my words. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we're gonna, there's more shocks to come. Well. No doubt. Yeah. (laughs) I
2: know, I I agree. I think, I think, this is – I could be wrong, but I think this is going to be one of those events that is just there for a while for everyone to play with and enjoy. And what comes after, we don't know. Yeah. We don't but know. Don't, but I don't but think it's going to be this event is the problem. In fact, we may I, – I hope this is not true. But we may well see this event as the last hurrah for a while um, until they can get – you know have enough time to reorganize and get themselves in line. So – I'm gonna enjoy this hurrah while we've got it. Uh
1: You should. Absolutely. No, I'm not yeah, look, yeah. I'm not I I'm not I think I'm not a good not, idea. You guys I'm not I I, no, you, I know you're not guys and aren't really hearing what I'm saying. I'm yes, not we are. saying putting down future state. I'm just saying like I'm just I'm just a little bit more worried about the future state of DC Comics at a corporate level.
0: Yeah, I agree, oh. and I we agree with you. I, I we I think I understand exactly what you're saying. I'm saying as an event in and of itself, right. because they're doing it. <laughs> It's. Yeah. I think it's fun. It's exciting, and I think it's the good first so step for. I the guess show. Yeah, it makes it I don't, be, I'm but not like, saying all of the chaos right. doesn't but exist. But if
1: you could just, like, I, th- I think, I guess, why I feel a little gloomy about it is that just from everything I'm hearing, it doesn't matter how well it does. You know, Pam Lifford just doesn't care. You know, well, like that's she just, obviously. This is the first she, time I've heard that because uh, uh, he obviously doesn't care about sales, or she wouldn't have shut down Black Label, which was the best-selling yeah. line at DC Comics. Um, and like i don't it's not like you know from what i'm hearing there's just you know a revamp that is you know branding dc characters more in a disney like way and you know i don't think it's uh i i, I don't know i'm not hearing anything that that yeah. i well, hope future state does so good that that everybody at warner brothers goes wow this is incredible well we're we're keeping it
0: going yeah. well, well i, I hope mean, something good happens i mean i don't know i'm just you know that's that's what we're going to find out right. whether this works. Uh yeah. because just as you're saying, the chaos may may win. Yeah, and, and Heidi, <laughs> I agree. Um,
2: yeah, none of us are disagreeing with you about the state of DC as a whole or right. the
0: murkiness of its
2: future. Right. Um, it's just we're we're taking what what we actually have in front of us.
0: Yeah. This event uh, for a, as an event a fan.
2: and talking about that. And for a fan. It's someone DC, who doesn't
0: work at D.C. And right. It, D.C. corporately.
2: I think uh, it's, goodness going on in there. It's probably not yeah. good, but we'll find that out in time.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and maybe be, within maybe this will help them get through the chaos or maybe it won't. I mean, well, I agree. With,
2: well, you look know, at I, our I next know. story. Look at our next story on our we story will, list. We will get yeah. to that. Um, I will say I'm just going to put one last word in. And that is I'm actually like this is I think their best event idea in several years, because like some of their ideas are like there's gonna be a lot of jokers, and I'm like, whatever <laughs> um so this is this is actually cool and interesting, so you know, cool, let's go with it,
0: yeah, so we will see without a doubt now, as you mentioned heidi there's there's still more tumult here around d c yes still more what is this with UCS okay so their their distribution system as you
1: may remember okay all the way back in March I guess when this pandemic thing first got us really rolling uh and then Diamond said they were going to stop shipping comics and then DC stepped up and said oh no we're going to keep shipping our comics through two new distributors Lunar and UCS it turned out very quickly that Lunar was run by UCS DCBS, I just, I wish they made it, one, why don't they just call them Bill and Ted, Jesus, um, UC, D, DCBS, Direct Comic Book Services, which is a huge online retailer, comics and nerdy stuff, and uh, then uh, UCS was run by Midtown Comics, which is mm-hmm. another gigantic comic distributor, so these two were distributing during the interregnum, as we call it, and then Diamond came back online, was distributing DC, and then all of a sudden, back in June, it was like, nope, we're, or it might have been May actually. It was it's a little running. This part got a little blurry in my head, but DC was like, nope, we're leaving Diamond. And Our Diamond was like, yeah, sign our DC, and uh, you know, there was great lamenting. So anyway, we had Lunar and Mid uh, Midtown and Lunar. I'm just gonna say them. It's hard to say those letters. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. To sure. that were, that were, you know, the comics. Now I heard mixed things from retailers. I heard sometimes yeah. that, you know, some of the boxes were really beautiful, but sometimes they, you know, there was issues. And it was huge. it's a huge job yeah. And, um, so then bombshell on Monday, uh, was DC's not going to go through UCS slash Midtown anymore. And as some people pointed out, it's literally six months after the contract would have started. So there's that. Yeah. Um, but there's also, um, uh, like, okay, now you said you didn't want a monopoly, but now you're with lunar. Now your all your periodicals are going through lunar. So what the hell? You got a new, you know, meet the new monopoly.
0: It's pretty baffling. Uh, I don't quite, I don't quite. Now UCS is saying, we're we're not going anywhere i mean obviously they were going concerned before mm-hmm. but there's there's they 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 seem to be saying or hinting or winking in an exaggerated way that they're going to take on some big new client mm-hmm. do we know anything more about that it's rumors rumors i've heard rumors, rumor, but rumor, to rumor. me it's
1: kind of just rumors at this point yeah. um i do know the other what rumors. is the rumor that maybe they'll start distributing marvel comics. Yes, yeah,
2: that's one rumor yeah. that I've heard. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um uh, and, but you know what another... I I talked to a, a a retailer or a couple of retailers too. But yeah, go on Heidi. No, no, what are, I mean did they start, no, did they, they, they just um I need to I need to pull up the email because they I'm not going to uh I just asked some general questions. Um I mean it, it, the the retailer I talked to just seems kind of confused by it. um let's see. Um they're they're most concerned that that, that Lunar DC, DCBS is all of a sudden going to have like a double its workload all yeah. of a sudden, um, and there's some sort of there seems to be some dissatisfaction with FedEx and Lunar. Uh, there it's uh, look Diamond has its problems, but one of its problem one problems it doesn't have is consistency. Yeah. It delivers when it says it's going to deliver. Right. The stuff is there, and it's there at the right time. And uh, apparently, uh, you know, DCBS has had wavering delivery times six days in advance, one day in advance of, of the, what, Wednesday? Mm-hmm. So, you know, comics can go out like in not at the appropriate time. It
1: too, yeah, I mean, Lunar is by no means a... You know, uh, if the, like you know lock yeah. tight airtight uh, operation, there's lots of issues with it. Um, but I, I'm listen, I'm telling you why uh, just again, I'm trying I'm standing here and I'm waving my hands. just mark my words, like we've been saying this in the past six months on this podcast, but um, you know it appears very clear that the powers that be at Warner Media who run DC comics just are not really concerned about the direct market.
0: No. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. They're not.
1: They're not they're not concerned. And the two biggest rumors that I've heard or other rumors that I've heard about this, number uh-huh. one was that it wasn't <laughs> Kate. Don't I don't wanna hear I know, I know. <laughs> um so anyway, I'm leaning in close to the screen. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Okay, uh, so that. so
2: listeners, just so you know, like Calvin is rocking back and forth in his chair in excitement and Heidi is leaning forward and her head is like huge. So why
1: you guys, why don't we do this as a pod, as a streaming cast? I'm telling you, people would love it. Anyway, one of the rumors that I've heard, well, Kate looks like she's escaping from Freddy Krueger in her panic room, but that's okay. She's (laughs) got issues. I I don't,
2: I don't have, okay, listeners, what what it is is that I don't have all the lights on because it's (laughs) hot in my apartment. (laughs) I am, I am not actually She's hanging from the ceiling like a bat. So one of the, the rumors
1: is that <laughs> it wasn't DC who decided to end the arrangement. Now I don't know huh? if that's true. That's just a rumor going around. Well, We love that's rumors. Just a rumor going
0: around. Uh, you know. Now, so, so that's one. But
1: the the other rumor that I'm hearing is that a lot of places. I, so I've been hearing this. I'm sure I've mentioned it here on the podcast uh, before. That. I was hearing that D.C. was really trying to get some other companies to distribute their periodicals, like, for instance, Random House, and that Marvel might also be interested in getting a traditional publishing house to distribute their periodicals, okay? However, what I'm hearing is that every that seems time unlikely. someone looks right, every time someone looks into the business plan, they're like, you've got to be
0: crazy. A fucking chance yeah. in hell.
1: So, I mean, honestly, <laughs> are we seeing the twilight of the pamphlet? Yes, we are. We're totally seeing the twilight of the pamphlet. Now, can the direct market survive this? I think so. But, boy, it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that. I, I'm 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 not gonna declare the end of the, the floppy, but the floppy's role uh will continue to diminish. I don't think there's any doubt about that. There's still a place for it if i I um, I think that if done uh um properly. Uh yeah. and I think there'll always be people want to buy D C and Marvel periodicals to some extent. And um, I think people like the
2: periodicals too to a certain extent. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, we've kind of been forecasting the shrinking of the floppy for a while. It hasn't really happened yet, but, you know, you kind of see it on the horizon as a thing.
0: Well, because it's incremental. I mean, it's just going to continue to um, decline in some ways. That doesn't mean that there won't be breakout hits and whatnot. But I do think they're uh, – we're in a kind of period of uh, of incremental Flops. decline.
2: Yes, but
0: Not in one direction.
2: But no, will, no, but, but Calvin, not, that's only – that's only if you take into account this small section of the comic book world. It doesn't seem like sales as a whole are going down. In fact, more on that later, dear listeners. But that – a lot Good. of these same Good. writers and even a lot of the same material is just going to come out in, in different consumable forms. Sure.
1: Yeah. No, you know, but, but also like looking at, uh, um, my emails lately are just full of emails from publishers to boasting about sellouts. You know, the image sent out an email mm-hmm. about how, uh, the Department of Truth, this new book by yeah. James yeah, Tinian. So, yeah. yeah. Man, and wrong, had like a hundred thousand, sold a hundred thousand copies. I think we might have talked about that last time on here, actually. But, um, uh, which is big. That's a, you know, I mean, well, t- like I said, t-
0: I, I do think there will always be breakout hits. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying uh, for the category as a whole, the format as a whole, uh, it's hard to, to project. Deep. Yes, it is. But I,
1: but I, I I'm seeing stores mm-hmm, yeah. put more emphasis on publishers who aren't Marvel and DC right now because they can see the handwriting on the wall. And, you know, like, Vault is doing very well. Yes. Um, You know, Dynamite's had some big... But But also, um,
0: even even eccentric things like Bad Idea. I mean, they're they're all periodicals all the time. And then you have these new ones like uh, TKE. I mean, they make sure that periodicals are a key part of what... Right.
1: So I think... Look, it's not you know. I just feel like that the periodical is becoming uh, an, a novelty item, like the the LP, and not like the lifeblood of the I, of the I, comics industry. Okay, because I, think I, that's I a p-
0: good good yeah. way to frame it. And
1: I think yeah. all of these publishers who are having success the periodical uh, right now are um, you know there's a lot of factors for it and the, the serial nature of it. But but anyway, you know, I did yeah. a panel. For Diversity Comic Con with a couple people, and uh, you know, I asked this question like, "What about the pamphlet?" And they were all like, "It eh, doesn't look good," you know. And um, so, I haven't heard that many people jump up and say say that ever. So, yeah, we're we're you know what we keep saying the pandemic is changing everything. COVID nineteen, nothing will be the same after or new normal. That certainly goes to the comics industry, without a
0: doubt, without a doubt. So, I mean, on that same uh, uh, point. Uh, how the pandemic is reshaping the business. Uh, we both did uh, interviews with uh, IDW's new leadership.
1: Yes, that's right. That's right. yeah. I, I, I did, did do it
0: a- personally. It was uh, Bridget Alverson, our yes. uh, mild-mannered uh, reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but of course, Heidi, you talk with Nachi. <laughs> yes, I
1: did. A, I, I was super pleased that I beat you. Uh, with my interview I with because it was the again. first, it was the first <laughs> interview with him, and, uh, but I worked with Nachi back in the day, and, uh, been friends with him, and he's pretty awesome, and really, really smart. Uh, and, and also, and I had you
0: showed that. Yeah.
1: yeah, but also, I, I hadn't really, you know, he spent 12 years in the maw of Disney press, and, you know, you do not last at Disney. You do not spend a long, over a decade at Disney without learning a sure. lot. A lot, a lot. So well, well anyway, what kind I kind My interview just really showed a thoughtful, smart, and really super well qualified to be the publisher of IDW. So, you know, it's a little bit out of left field that he was he was hired, but um yeah, but then you you Bridget talked to Blake Kabashigawa as well.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think it, it, they both kind of, um, and we had a, we had a little two person Rochamont thing going on because they both kind of gave their own POV, POV, uh, through your interview of the market as well as IDW. I mean, I think in your interview with him, he, he talked about, uh, hey, you know, we're in the direct market, but, uh, we need to, we need to expand what we do to other kinds of channels. Uh, in, in the book trade, and he, he talked about specific. And I, I thought you both came together um, because I made a note of this from reading your piece. Comic shops are indie bookstores. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's key. Obviously, that's sort of you know my one my one note issue. But I uh, and uh, uh, Bridget really uh, in her the Bridget interview really Blake kind of really uh, uh, did a lot of the talking about how they what they had learned from going through this pandemic. Uh, and he, they talked about how important the backlist was. Mm-hmm. Uh, how they have these incredible books from, uh, the March, John Lewis's March trilogy to, uh, From Hell, which has this new full color version out now from Eddie Campbell and Alan Moore to George Sakai's more recent bestseller. Um, they called this Enemy, you know, nonfiction and fiction. Um, you know, so, he kind of really went into this, but on, um, on Nachi's side, he also talked about, and he talked a bit about the things that they have coming out. I mean, I think with the, uh, the, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, new book coming. So I, I thought it was a really good look at what we've learned, uh, from dealing with the pandemic. Actually, um, in the interview that Bridget did, he was, uh, Nachi was very interesting because he said, well, everybody, uh, thinks that nothing has changed because well all of our you know artists they work from home anyway so it is just the same and he really made a point of saying we really have to reconnect with our talent mm-hmm. it, it's it's not as easy as saying oh they work from home anyway uh couldn't be further from the truth while Blake really did kind of focus on the marketplace what yes. was selling what they planned to do uh, and even how um their list uh has been very fortunate because they do a lot of political leaning books. Yeah. So you know I want to yeah, ju-
1: I, I will jump in here with one observation. Yeah, please. You know you mentioned from Hell and March uh both of which were published by Top Shelf. Yeah, so uh you know mentioning- they called this enemy was also published by Top Shelf although that was after IDW uh, acquired Top Shelf. Yes. Um and you know I think we've talked about this a little bit. Uh you know I don't think IDW has really had too many breakout bookstore hits that weren't from top shelf like the main line at idw hasn't really been uh huge in the bookstores so you know right. there's actually a little bit of work to be done there i think um i mean lock and key obviously is their kind of their big hit uh 30 days of night that was a big hit for yeah. idw and what's the so uh, that was a long big, what's time what's the
0: other tv show the um the based on oh,
1: yeah. yeah 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 so you know they have some uh, absolutely, break. but I mean, there's room. Hey, I'm not even saying Absolute. this to knock. I there's just, there's room to grow there for sure, and uh, obviously a big a em, uh, big emphasis on ah, uh, what is this kids books, huh? Absolutely, uh, oh, with the Marvel interesting. stuff. Interesting. They're, they're, doing,
0: they're doing the Marvel kids comics
1: and the Star Wars kids comics. and the Star Wars well, kids comics.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, not a bad business to be in right now.
1: No, Making and I mean it's yeah, it's funny games. that you know Marvel is like you know, publishing the adult Star Wars comics and obviously Marvel comics. And they're like kid stuff. Mm, uh, I like that out. And, uh, yeah. So, but obviously yeah. it's in very good hands with, uh, Nachi and, uh, the, 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 crowd that's there now. So,
0: yeah, I mean, um, and I, I would, and, and as a book trade guy, I really was impressed with, um, Blake's ability to be very clear that the direct market remains, uh, very important to IDW. They're not overlooking it. While at the same time saying, you know, we have got to make sure our content sells. And in, and in, 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 in he was really talking about print. He's talking about books. He's talking about what we love. Um, we we have it, we have to make sure that uh, it, it, people who want it in other channels can get it. So this was, you know, it it, it, it this was a, an interesting. Um, um, Projections to be hearing from, uh, really one you know, a very prominent independent publisher.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's very interesting. I'm really glad that, that people have reached out to IDW. And, you know, it's hard without, without conventions, without book shows, without people getting together and, you know, talking face to face sometimes to kind of, to kind of grasp this. But, um, yeah, good, good job there. Um, you know, we have, I, I think we have this mixed up on our, on our story list, but I'm, I'm going to bring it up next. Uh, I sure. don't think you guys will be too, but, but you know, uh, speaking of all of this, uh, there's a story on Games Radar uh, that said that graphic novel, which is Deezerama, by the way, is, uh, that graphic novel sales are up 42 percent according yeah, to NPD <laughs> BookScan. Now, you know, Calvin and I both talk to BookScan all the time, and so we're used to seeing it. So, you know, it didn't give this statistic in the form that we like so i'm still shaking my head about it a little bit but it's maybe i mean yeah it's a little startling. it says <laughs> for the month of july to september four million print graphic novels are reportedly sold up tremendously from april june's 2.8 well you know what it's up 42 percent quarter to quarter that makes sense
0: yeah well yeah uh july but that's still, still big uh, yeah yeah. That's, that's just startling. I mean, and well, it says,
1: that, it says that the manga subcategory is, uh, 20, up, uh, up 25% year over year, which, uh, yeah. actually Kevin Hamrick told me that too. Um, while the superhero category has declined by 11%. Over and the then, past of course,
0: five- if you fold in all of, uh, and I assume they have, um, uh, Dave Pilkey's Dog Man, mm-hmm. and of course, the rest of the, uh, uh, graphics lineup. It doesn't seem so. Imp- I mean, it's startling still that kind of growth, but this this could be po- easily possible for. Yes, with, with the crime
1: and punishment, yes. It, yes. with
0: uh, Under a pandemic lockdown when people are desperate for yes. entertainment yes. and to keep the kids happy. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. But Yeah, so
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not. It does add up, but like I said, I'm not. And I, I, I want to see this chart for myself. I'm like, where did they get this? I well, we're the ones who report on BookScan.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to my boss.
1: Yeah, <laughs> who, I'm gonna like, talk
0: to you know. Who, I'm gonna who talk reads, to my sources. He reads BookScan like some people, you know, read tea leaves. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Jim about this. <laughs> yeah,
2: but, the, but especially the manga numbers are very interesting, given. Um, well some of the other data that we're going to be talking about later in the briefs.
1: Mm, yes. Um, uh, but, you know, Kate, uh, uh, Kevin Hamrick told me that uh, he's, he's the, the marketing at Viz that like they're number ones. So uh, like during the lockdown, you know, the sales of very deep backlist number ones. have soared. Oh, yeah. You know, obviously Makes people are catching. Sense. Yeah. People are catching up on stuff. No,
0: like this is, uh, Kevin has been, uh, uh, been saying this to me too. I mean that they have never, their demand is through the roof. Yes. That's just it um uh in some ways now it's it, it it's it's even tougher, obviously, a lot of sales are, sh- are shifting to digital, but um you know people want stuff to read, yeah across the board uh yeah. comics and prose.
1: so anyway, well, they still want to read them digitally as well, and then there was mm-hmm. two kind of digital i was oh, yeah. stories, but uh you know i think we mentioned on here a few weeks ago maybe a month ago that archie comics had, was going day in day with their digital releases so that they would have the digital comics on sale the same day that the the comics were on sale now i you know there was also a big interview with alex segura the co-publisher at archie over on that pesky games radar boy that you know you got to I know they're, kinda, they're coming on they're coming yeah, on uh on, yeah. but um but but you know I, you know Archie has really cut back quite a bit on what they're publishing, so it's not like this was a huge 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 thing. And you know they also packed it with web 2 and that was a really smart thing. Uh, so, but now Kodansha has also gone day and day, and um on comicsology. Now I'm not sure how big their digital audience is, but you know this is two where there were none. Yes. and also. And also uh, then Marvel, with Marvel Unlimited, which has been around more than a decade, uh really one of the most successful subscription yeah. models. And they had a six-month delay in what you would see uh, from what was published. It would be six months until it appeared on Marvel Unlimited, which you pay like $10 a month and you get to read hundreds and hundreds of comics. Uh, but now it's only Three, three <laughs> yeah, thousand. thousands. Uh, only three months now. Now that yes. sounds interesting except that because of the delay in publishing over the interregnum it already practically was the three-month delay so marvel's kind of you know they kind of had to do that because of the um the uh um you know pandemic however interestingly you know dc is is launching its dc uh unlimited universe and um, dc universe infinite Infinite
0: subscription service,
1: which will be behind six months. So it'll be interesting to see if they catch up with the three months.
0: Well, this is all very interesting because, um, uh, uh, and I'm not in favor of it or, or opposed to it, but I mean, the ability to publish instantly to a big audience, the digital offers, to be able to publish instantly globally is, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we will see where all of this heads.
2: And, and uh, I have my theories. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to keep beating around the bush. It's that, um, uh, <laughs> we, we now, they now have some numbers out, um, showing that last year, um, was a bad year for the anime industry. Like at the moment, it is, it is not looking great as far as last year's numbers. Um, which quite frankly it's it's it was at an eleven year low like it, wow, that's like significant it's been down for the second consecutive year, so it would not surprise me at all if the anime and manga industry is taking a look at you know worldwide markets and you know seeing. How they can capitalize on what growth there is overseas, how they can increase that growth in order to keep enthusiasm up, in order to get money. I mean,
1: yeah, well, I mean, obviously, it's like I was saying, you know, you can't do things the old way in this. Like, you know, it's a pandemic shift. Everything everyone is looking at new ways of doing business. Right, but you this know. was
2: even before the pandemic. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes,
0: now, absolutely. So, now, simultaneous is publishing in Japanese and English uh, digitally. You know, it's been going on for a few years, uh, and it's been it's been one of these things that has been great at weaning people away from um, from pirated content. Uh, now, this new deal that Kentasha is doing with comiXology, I, I assume it does mean it's day and date with the print.
2: Yeah. They're, yeah it's it's not just day and date with
0: other the, electronic uh,
2: collections elixir. it's day and date with yeah. like the original issue
0: the original yeah uh and this is the way of the world yeah I just think it's you know and particularly for for a really global material and manga is as global as it gets,
1: yeah well, so. I mean some of the Titles that will be included, Eden Zero, Domestic Girlfriends, Space Brothers, Attack yep. on Titan, Ghost of the Shell, yep. Human Algorithm. Uh, these are some of the most popular manga in the world. So, yep. you know, get those. Fire yep. up those subscriptions. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of getting one because okay. it's going to be a long, cold winter here, and I wanna, I need <laughs> some <laughs> well, stuff to read. Oh, well,
0: that's the thing. You need something to read. So, anyway, yeah. So, um, more to come on that. More to yeah. come. So, uh, news briefs. And now the briefs well <laughs>
2: listeners we've lost one brief because it was just too relevant it was, good. Um, it was good.
0: but if you're going
2: if you're going to lose a brief that's the way to do there it there you go so
0: it got called up to the big leagues
2: it did it did yes. <laughs> meanwhile some good news anime wise um the tv channel uh nippon tv is now establishing its own Um, anime department for the first time ever um, they are not going to just uh, distribute other people's anime, they're going to be making their own and they are going to serve as the distributor for all international rights um, for their own shows so this is interesting, what's also interesting is that they bought Hulu Japan wow
0: yeah, that is kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so I know. Maybe yeah. they'll buy Quibi. <laughs> uh,
2: if anybody wants Quibi.
0: Can you buy okay. Quibi or can you just buy whatever's left? It's <laughs> picked over. It seems anyway. like it's being
2: sold for scrap. Anyway. Yeah. So the their first show, which is uh Tsukimichi, uh Moonlit Fantasy, will be premiering next year. And um You know, more to come on that, but given that there has been shrinkage in the anime industry, it's interesting to see a Japanese television channel deciding, no, they're actually going to forge forward.
1: Yeah, there's hope.
2: There's hope. Um, and, and speaking of the anime diaspora and the manga diaspora, um... Moyoko Ano's niche Josai manga, Memoirs of Amorous Gentlemen, a, I guess you might call it kind of a wry, dark humor slice of life about life in a early 20th century Parisian brothel, uh, is being made into a Broadway musical. I I don't know how these things happen. I I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I'm just kind of shocked. Tony award winning stage director and choreographer uh, Rob Ashford, uh, known for Curtains Frozen and Thoroughly Modern Millie, um, is directing choreography, or doing, choreographing the musical. And they are planning a quote unquote worldwide release.
1: When there is able to be a worldwide release, when people go back to the theater, which, you know, Broadway is now pushed back to May from February. So, you know, just hoping all my friends who work in the theater business to be able to get some work.
0: And
2: also, they are already posting on their official YouTube channel the anime short that Studio Kahara uh, released in 2015 of the manga. So it's, it's not actually even a full episode. It's just kind of like a, an anime mini movie of the series. So who knows? Maybe they'll, instead of workshopping it somewhere downtown, they'll workshop it on YouTube. We can all mm-hmm. hope.
1: Well, I, I've heard of some plays doing that actually, but, uh, you know, huge Mayaka Ano fan here. I mean, Calvin, remember when we had yes. lunch with her and We're
0: her excited. husband? We uh, we've had some pretty cool we stuff. We have, we then, have, and that some. was one of them. Absolutely. Absolutely, we got to interview her and her husband. Her husband, who's no small yeah, figure like, in Asian pop culture. Yeah,
1: Neon Evangelion. Yes, that'd I forget be, his, my his name, goodness, but um, one of the
0: great iconic uh, yeah. franchises in anime history, yeah. and we. We had them all to ourselves for about, you know, I don't know, it was for a while at a bar somewhere know, in it Manhattan. Was, it was lovely. It, it was, was lovely. Really ah, great. those were the days. Uh, yes. Yes. I love yes. it. <laughs> and um,
2: for people who may be a fan of Japanese film but uh, less familiar with the manga that inspired them, Moyoka Ano is also responsible for the Sakaran, um manga, which was made into a really fun movie of the same title.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, she's, re- really um, she's really one of the best. She's really one of the you know finest mangaka. Uh, her stuff yeah. was really incredible. Just, you know. I'm really
0: amazed work. when you you remind it, you know, how great they were. I mean, they we sit and interviewed them for an hour you know, or so. Well, I
1: got to interview her because I'm fascinated by her work, and that was a big mm-hmm. excitement. You know, she did a comic. You know, there this Japanese power couple, and um, but. Uh, wasn't always smooth sailing and she did a manga about their life together and she portrayed H- Hideki oh, yeah. as a baby, as an infant. Yes. So, that's how she probably yeah,
0: yes. behaved. But, I think uh, I read yeah. it on Crunchyroll because they yeah. were get the manga. Yeah, and, and the uh, the manga image of Sakuran is really a wonderful too, also about essentially a a brothel, I guess. It's yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, uh, yes.
0: And it's really an amazing portrait of women and in particular uh, with, who figured their own way out in a particular historical period where everything was working against them. Um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Well, we've done a few things here. Didn't yes, and yeah. we, have, that, you we know, have one more uh, brief. Okay.
2: Um, so also, as a way of working around the pandemic, um, there have been a lot of different music video concepts out there that people have tried while trying to get this content out when they can't record them in the normal way you know people have done green screen stuff all kinds of things but uh Nora Jones is basically took the unusual step for a American creator of making basically an official anime music video um, so she turn, she she teamed up with the Romiko Takahashi um and she used Romiko's um Mason Akuku series as the footage for her official music video for her song I'm Alive so i mean fans have been doing it for a long time but it's really cool <laughs>
0: I haven't seen theater. this, and I really want to see it. I, yeah, I, it sounds I got really the, cool. I gotta, I've got the, i, I I've got it bookmarked, and I just haven't looked at it yet. Yeah, but th- i, th- I check that was, out. I think it's super cool.
1: Yeah, well, it's better that uh Rumiko Takahashi showed up for Nora Jones because she didn't show up at Angoulême. I'll never forget that. But There you go. She didn't have to show up in person. She may have it easier.
0: There you go. Well, she picks her spots, clearly. All right. Well, um, hmm. I guess that's
1: it. Well, anyway, listen, don't forget, leave us a rating or subscribe. Check us out on social media. And there will be more to come.